Hi everyone and welcome back to Charging Status, the EV podcast brought to you by Crosswires and the Interface. Hope you all had a great month since the last time we spoke to you. I'm James and drinking coffee opposite me, well not opposite but kind of opposite in a video call type thing, uh, is uh, my co-host Alex. Hello. Hi James, how are you doing? I'm good. I just noticed, I think we've got the same coffee mugs, just well, in this different colours. This isn't a pink one, it's not mine, but it's, That's it's the only one that's left, but yeah. Right. Okay. <laughs> I've got appropriately branded uh, things. So, it is the 24th of October, 2022, and we're looking back over EV news, charging news, and I believe, Alex, you've got a, um, a, a miniature test drive this week. Yeah, it's one I did a few weeks ago. Uh, about a month, oh, when was it? It's a few months ago now, I can't remember when. Uh, time goes quickly now. But yeah, so I've got I've got one to talk about later on the episode. Yeah, did you not get the the, the terrible pun? Oh god, Mini- <laughs> a mini a miniature. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. You're gonna have to get used to these, I'm afraid. All right, look, we've we've got a, as you said pre-show, we've got a lot to get through. So uh, why don't we uh, shift into gear? Do we still call it gear in EVs? No, there isn't any. So oh, okay, yeah. So yeah, let's start the. And hang on, let's even... plug in, plug in, let's and get plug- going. Let's go. Let's go. <laughs> All right. Last time, so we record this episode about a week before it goes out. So last time we recorded on the twenty seventh of September. I'm going to go everything everything that happened since then, basically. So we've got new cars. We've got new plans to launch new cars. We've got a lot of charging news. There's some charging news that you you mentioned last last month um, that's actually come to fruition uh, last week. So that's that's interesting. So. Cool. I will get started. So the very end, very end of September, we had quite a few new things. Polestar uh, revealed a brand new uh, SUV. It was the Polestar Three, so it's their first SUV. So they've 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 only had the Polestar One, like a one-off uh, coupe car, and they've had the Polestar Two, like that looks like a Volvo. But they've they've revealed the Polestar Three now. It's brand new, brand new SUV. They revealed it in Denmark. It's going to go head to head with the BMW iX. Uh, it's it's not cheap. It's it's eighty grand. Um, as all electric SUVs are so expensive, um, it has got quite impressive range though. It's got a massive 111 kilowatt hour pack, uh, and it's got 380 miles of range. So that's that's quite a lot, really. Um, most that's a lot, yeah. Most that's... cars don't have that that amount of range at the moment. Just out of interest, what's just so we can gauge this? Mm. What would you say at the moment for the, for that sort of size vehicle? What's a combustion uh, SUV getting in terms of mileage? Out of a single tank, it depends. If you're going for if you're going for diesel, um, you, you can get six hundred miles, seven hundred miles of a diesel. Petrol's probably about about the same as the electric one, probably. Okay, so if it's, it's if a fair, yeah, sorry. roughly, yeah, roughly. It depends on how efficient it is. Most SUVs at the moment are they? I don't think a lot of SUVs are diesel, um, so you'll get quite a good range out of them. But obviously, diesel's going away now. So yeah, it's quite a, quite a nice. Uh, well, it's not for not for everyone, but because uh, how expensive it is. Yeah, a few days after that, the Peugeot E208. Peugeot just did like a mate, uh, like a facelift, uh, basically. Uh, they updated the motor. So, with the the new Peugeot E308, they debuted a new motor, a uh, new battery tech. So, just basically just switched the batteries out and put it in the smaller car. So we've we've gained 25 miles of range. Uh, we gained some extra horsepower. Um, so I guess that's just to simplify their production lines rather than making two different batteries it's making one now price hasn't changed by the look of things it's still 30k so it'll go on sale next year and how do these stack up are these just are these in the class of evs that have been so are these 
ver- say the 208 and the 308 combustion versions just with batteries stuck in them, or are they actually properly engineered EVs? From what I understand, the Corsa E, the E308, and this, these newer electric cars, they've got combustion uh, combustion cousins in the lineup, but they they are EV first and then combustion second. So okay. from what I understand, uh, the, the new electric transit custom that we'll talk about a bit later on it's the same thing they've got two versions but um two different platforms that look the same outside okay that's from what i that's from what i understand anyway so there is a it's an ev first car but there's another version that looks the same which is a petrol or diesel so um we are benefiting from that range it has got good range like 250 miles so which in that cl- in that class of car in that size of car is a really good range for an ev not bad yeah yeah cool. electric motorbikes isn't something that's it it kind of is. It's sort of a emerging market. There are some newer companies that are doing it, like famously Harley Davidson have an electric motorbike out. They've worked on in conjunction with Lime, LimeWire, I think it is, or LiveWire. Uh, the end of September, Honda revealed plans to launch uh, ten electric new motorbikes by 2030, um, and they'll be a, be spanning an entire range, like the mopeds and proper electric bikes. So the electric mopeds will go head to head with mopeds that you hear making that horrible racket on on the streets <laughs> so it'd be, it'd be be the same power as a moped but it'd be targeting the people that are learning to learn to drive and in that market so yeah there's not much information they just announced that they'll do it but it's good that they're making it so that transport's quieter i can see that because those moped you know the moped sort of size bikes are hugely popular popular in in the gig economy so you know deliveroo uber eats mm. those sort of vehicles I don't know if they're going to be in reach with your um, of your average Uber Eats driver, but certainly if we started to see those in in the uh, you know in the pool as it were, that's going to have a huge impact to uh, emissions because they are they're not great for emissions no. you know at all, especially the ones that are about ten years old that people buy secondhand and stuff. There's mm. not smoke that comes out of them. It's not great. And as you said, they're horribly noisy. You know, I yeah. live fairly close to a main road, and I-, I can hear them zooming up and down. Yeah, yeah. Again, there's not much information, so we don't know how much they'll cost. But um, they're they've got some lofty ambitions. They're aiming to sell three and a half million electric motorbikes by the end of this decade. So wow. Um, we'll see how they get on with that. But um, that's, that's I saw that that's quite interesting. So I decided to write about that last month. But, no, no, yeah. There's another few bits and pieces. So. Uh, I don't know if you saw this news. There was quite a big. It made the mainstream news um, earlier this month. the The electric mini um, won't be made in this country anymore. Um, I did see that? Yeah. yeah. So the um, the Cowley factory where Rover used to be, um, BMW have been using it to produce the mini for uh, twenty years now, uh, and they decided to push. So the next mini that's coming, um, I think in twenty twenty four, they're going to move the production away from. Uh, this country and move it to China, I think, um, in, conjunction, in conjunction with Great Wall. Uh, but one kind of positive-ish is that the combustion mini is going to be made here for the foreseeable future. So for any concern about jobs, the jobs will still be there. But yeah, it just would have been nice to have an EV made in that plant. Yeah, because of the history of that plant, and I know. you know, we could spend ages going about the history of Mini and Rover. All I'm going to say is, Lynn, I'm not having a, ro- a mini a mini Metro. It's a Rover Metro now, Alan. They've just renamed it. <laughs> anyway, nice. Uh, 
Alan Partridge reference I for us. I know you know. I'm just for, for, for the listeners who might be thinking, what on earth is he on about? <laughs> right. Carry on. <laughs> yeah. Um, the, the, a spokesperson for Mini was, was questioned uh, why they did it. Uh, apparently, the, they were producing Minis in, in a lower, electric Minis in a lower capacity, but for the capacity they want, that factory isn't geared up for electric yeah. cars as well as it should be, so... Which is encouraging, but they're hoping that this, these electric minis are going to sell well and uh, will come to be electric mini later on, I believe. Yes, definitely. Awesome. Yeah. There was some... I saw on Twitter uh, earlier in October, earlier this month, um, that the very first Citroen Ami was delivered to um, a customer, last, I think, at the very start of the month. So there's a guy from Gloucester who runs a YouTube channel, it's Gary Martin. He runs a YouTube channel called Modern Heroes, um, and he's, he was the first customer in the country to have a Citroen Ami, the little uh, plastic uh, EV that's it's limited to 30 mile an hour, but it's more for city stuff. Um, but he's he's been producing some content. He's been doing a weekly update about the car, and it's quite interesting. Uh, he's covering all the questions people have, the criticisms, because he's, he's getting some criticism for it. But yeah, I, I thought that was an interesting bit of news, and a lot more people are getting them. And because he's the first person, he's seen quite a few teething issues with like Citroen deliveries and accessories so i i have to admit that's not a, a vehicle i've heard of um you not no i oh, wow. I, you, I think just for context again for yeah. those you know not who aren't aware of my situation because i can't drive yep i i probably don't tend to keep up with the news in vehicles as much as you know kind of one of the reasons we t- teamed up on this one is because then you've got the ignorant idiot asking the questions and trying to you know produce some hopefully helpful content from a you know that covers a broad base of questions or i just sound like an idiot both are possibilities yeah so the, the citrami was announced uh about two years ago and it was initially only going to be in France. So it's a little tiny two-seater car. Mm. There's not much space. It's very cheap. Well, relatively. It's seven and a half grand. Okay. Uh, it's, all ele- it's all electric. Uh, there's some very good PCP deals. You, so if you put down two and a half grand, you can get it for £19.99 a month. Wow. <laughs> but the, the whole idea behind it was in France, where um, it's it's not classed as a car. It's classed as a quadricycle. And uh, kids in France under, fi- I think it's 15 or 16, they can drive it, basically. Oh, there's a, there's, a, there's a term for it, and it is it works the same in Germany as well. Because um, now that Opel and Vauxhall and Citroen and stuff are all one big happy family, um, they've got an Opel version over there as well. Um, same sort of idea, but we haven't got that here. But you have to have a, an actual license to, to drive it. But for for city stuff and and roads that aren't too fast, it looks okay. Um, it doesn't use much power. Um, forty eight mile, I think forty eight miles of range, top speed of thirty. So again, a good a good little city runaround, and you know, if we had that, you know, again, if we had that loophole, mm. Mm, then again, or I could get into a whole debate about the, the maturity of our teenagers at that age. Let's not go down that route, and let's <laughs> move on to the next vehicle, shall we? Yeah. So I thought I thought it was an interesting bit of news. Oh, so yeah, absolutely. The other bit, due to the cost of living, you might be you might have some sort of opinion on that. Maybe people aren't buying as many electric cars as they were. Um, but there was some September usually is the is the is the most popular month along with March because of the number plate changes. So people oh, usually mm-hmm. hold off. They usually want the number plate and stuff. But in 2022, so far, um, the second most popular type of car registered in the UK was a, a was fully electric vehicles. Oh wow! Which is massive news. Yeah. So far this year, a total of 175,000 BEVs, which is what we call battery electric vehicles, have now been registered in this country, which is 40.3 percent up compared to the same time period last year it's still quite a way behind petrol cars which had 
350,000 registered, um, but it's 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 ramping up and up. Um, at the same time, diesels diesels uh, saw a massive drop of 43% compared to last year. So even with the rising costs of a lot of things, people are still buying electric vehicles, which is which is good to see. Very interesting, and yeah, that I, it's one of the things that's because uh, I remember when I remember lad when number plate changes only happened once a year, and it happened in September. Ah, I didn't yeah. know that. <laughs> yeah, um, so back before we did the before we started moving to the system we have now, which is like the two le- uh, the two letters, the number, yep, and then three letters. We had the, like uh, n- one letter, three numbers, three letters, and they would typically change in September. So you would know. So, for example, if you saw a new P Reg car, this is my memory going back. You know, yeah, and it was in September. You know, oh, they've just got a new car, right? Yeah, but obviously Makes now sense. it's it's when did you say is it January and it's March and September. So March is usually the 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 year, so twenty one, twenty two, and then September is usually the the 72 or 71, whatever, whichever year it is. So, And, of course, that runs for that sort of decade, doesn't it? So um, for the... So. Yeah, so at the moment, it's either 22 or 72. Next year, it'll be 23, 73. Uh, okay. But, like, for a 2014 car, for example, it could... I might be wrong on this, and please do correct me if I'm wrong, folks. It would have even been a 1.4 or a 6.4. I think so, yeah. Yeah, but yeah. that's... It's a bit of an odd... Our, our number plate system's odd. Anyway, sorry, Alex. I know. <laughs> That's all right. I've got some charging news, which we'll, we'll go over later. Um, but there is some more vehicles. So okay. I, I miss this news, per- personally. I, I, I wish I could, got, could, got, could have gone to the event in, in Germany, but there was a um, the IAAA or the IAA transportation show in Germany last month, uh, and Ford revealed more information about the upcoming e-transit custom. So... We already know that the there's an e there's an e transit the the big van is already on sale in this country and, and the US but it's quite quite large but the most popular van in this country is actually the custom which is a smaller little van that you see like British Gas Drive or whoever so um so they they announced the van in May and there wasn't much information about it um, but now they've revealed some more information there is going to be a diesel version for those fleets that need that um, but the electric version is the result of a a partnership between VW and Ford. So in commercial vehicles, usually Ford and VW were the, for a long time, the only two companies that didn't work with anyone else. So there isn't much money in, in commercial vehicles. So everyone else just partners together and right. and works with everyone else and does platform sharing. So for a very long time, Ford and VW were going their own way and doing their own things. Um, so the ID Buzz, uh, the electric ID Buzz, is basically the Ford Transit Custom. Um, and then vice versa, they're going to take it in turns to build a car. So ah. yeah. So the the e-transit um e-transit custom has quite a lot of a lot of specs. Uh it's got a good range, 236 miles, which is what okay. they're quote they're quoting that so far. Um it's got some interesting features which I was I was quite interested in. So if you're a delivery driver and you're in your van all day and you need someone to eat your lunch, the steering wheel, the rim of the steering wheel will now tilt out of the way so become a flat surface. And you can use it as a laptop stand, which has an included little ridge thing for your laptop, or you can use it as a lunch a lunch tray. So if you tilt the steering wheel flat and you can put a little tray inside, it will sort of sit, sit magnetically inside, and you can just use that. So I've, I've tried to use a laptop in a car before in the driver's seat, and you, you can't move the seat further back enough. It just the steering wheel gets in the way. So if you, this is now the steering wheel just get out of the way, and you can use it as a tray table, which is awesome. I love that. Yeah. Obviously, that's, I like that. And of course, you've got, mm. you know, you'll have your cup holders for your cup. Okay. Yeah. 
That's good. Now, the only comment I would make on that, yeah. coming from a sort of a work-life balance yeah. thing, I, I, I've not, I've never done delivery, so I don't know. But it would be, you know, I guess there's scenarios where you can't get out of your van to go and have your lunch. So if it's chucking it down, yeah. Um, then yeah, fair, I, I don't know. I no, it's a good thing. It's a good thing. I think that's really cool. Yeah, I know. Where I used to work, there's a, a lot of people were on the road all the time and. The stuff you need to do on the computer. Um, there's paperwork to sign. Imagine if you're doing like um, handover documents for something. I don't know. Uh, but there's there's so oh, much yeah. to write stuff because it's vans. There's nowhere to write anything. Everything's plastic and knobbly surfaces. So that's a good idea. Um, no, like okay. That. Yeah, no, I yeah. do like that. I like that a lot. Actually, that's a really good idea. What would be even cooler for the laptop thing? Just a future thought for them. If they made it so that you could have that thing in it, it's got like a cable. You mm. could almost like have a USB C docking station. On the steering wheel. It wouldn't be a bad idea. Actually, no, there, there you go. You could have USB-C cable support, so you could charge the yeah. laptop off a car systems. Hmm. I think, I'm not sure, there wasn't, again, there's there's not as much information about the the new Ford as the VW, because the VW is already on sale. But I know yeah. the VW one, there's, there's so many USB-C ports everywhere inside the cab, even the base model. And oh, if wow. it's the same vehicle, there should be this, the same thing. Oh, okay. So, yeah. So, actually, cool. Yeah. And what's another great feature is that, so the... F-150 Lightning was the first Ford to have it. It's got the something called Ford Pro, uh, Ford Pro Power or something. Uh, right. It's got a lot, of, a lot of power available for power tools, and they've put the same system in the in the van as well. So in the, in the back of the van, there's a lot of reserve power for I don't, power tools, charging for drills. Oh, um, I don't know whatever other things people use. Um, yeah, yeah. Uh, so yeah, there's 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 there's, a, there's onboard inverters basically, so you don't have to get your own inverter if you need to run stuff. So. That makes sense in that sort of vehicle. Mm. You might, yeah, have extra power for that because, but I'd imagine there's nothing worse than turning. Because you've worked in um, the Wisp industry, I believe, yep. where where yep. part of the job is going out and installing new gear. And I'd imagine there's nothing worse than turning up on site and your drill battery being dead. Yeah, we. Um, I remember I hadn't seen the vans for a little while, but the vans had to be custom built with inverters and batteries and stuff, so people could. People could well. One big thing for Wisp, we're well, getting a bit off, off off topic now, but you have to get a radio dish out and survey. You have to have power for that. If you've got plugs in the back of the van as standard, it's that's that's ideal. So, and of course, I mean, I wouldn't say it's necessarily off topic because this yeah. is the sort of thing that EVs, uh, you know, give us the benefits of. I would assume that because you can then charge the whole van as one unit, yeah, you don't then have to worry about you know, the inverters set up or you don't have to worry about charging with drill batteries because they can just charge off the van's EV yeah. systems. Okay. Yeah. And you might worry about that depleting the range a bit, but um, with the F-150 uh, Lightning, that's got enough juice in it to power our house for a week, I think, in a, in a storm. Whoa. So if it's if it's enough enough to run some power tools, I think, I think you'll be fine. And of course, the F-150 is an American... Yep class vehicle so when we talk about running a house we ain't talking about a little bit of bitty house we're talking about big american style fridges and it's all not that stuff. bungalow is it no <laughs> <laughs> for, for our american listeners bungalow is your your word of a week it is a usually a single story dwelling yeah yeah anyway anyway sorry that is completely off topic alex get us back on the road please <laughs> yeah i thought i was a a nice bit of news for fleets and stuff. There's a lot of stuff for fleets actually. The, the, the one thing you have with commercial vehicles is something called a tachograph. So it, it monitors oh, yeah. how, how, uh, how many hours people are driving. That's all software based now. So it's all in the, all in the, the screen. It's got a 13 inch screen in the dashboard. Oh, nice. Um, 
so that it's all everything's moving soft to software which is good or either good or bad so we shall see so that's going on sale next next year no prices yet but that's quite interesting there's also some news about plug-in hybrids so for quite a while company company uh, cars people get hybrids as their company car and you can miss out on paying more company car tax in, for that for doing that right but uh, it's quite commonly known that a lot of people just don't they get a, a get they get a fev a plug-in hybrid vehicle and they don't even charge it sometimes the charges sit in the bag um so citroen citroen have taken note of this and then they've now got they're going to launch a reward system on the infotainment system so they said they'll now reward drivers who actually charge their car so the, the main the main reason for that is if you've got a plug-in hybrid and you're not charging it you're carrying around a heavy battery and then in result burning more fuel so ford for going forward ford said they'll offer drivers rewards for charging up their car regularly so on the citroen c5x and the citroen c5 aircross it will re- remind you if you haven't charged your car to five days or 10 trips and it'll give you points which will give you um, money off train tickets or charging costs or, or public charges so a little bit odd um but it's a good idea i suppose i like the idea of a train tickets because i think we have to start looking honestly at how we combine EVs with public transport. Now, the train industry haven't caught up on this yet. Pr- train prices are still stupidly expensive, but mm. the idea of having EVs at the short to medium range and then encouraging train travel for longer distance, that's somewhat appealing to me. Yeah. The only time I've used trains personally is when I, well, one, one before I can drive and two going to London because mm. uh, London's a, an absolute pain to get to on the car. So. But yeah, it's, it's, if it can encourage more people to use the train, that'd be, uh, it's not, not only a good thing. So, yeah. Yeah, it makes sense. Yeah, exactly. Charge up your plug-in hybrid, because isn't the idea of a FEV uh, plug-in hybrid that um, if your battery's charged, it will use a battery and then switch to combustion if it needs to? Yeah, so most, most plug-in hybrids have a, quite a good range. They've got like 60 miles range, which actually isn't... It, look, it doesn't sound like much, but it's actually quite a bit. It um, is decent, yeah. Yeah, you can choose when the car will use the batteries, and then you can do regen and different things so the idea is you you'd use the car the electric car in slow traffic because there's nothing worse than using a a normal car that's not electric in slow traffic so yeah stop start is not good for a combustion engine from what i understand no it's not great so yeah that's the idea i think so that's like the new electric taxi that's in in london so uh, it's okay that's that's a plug-in hybrid essentially so oh nice okay there we go cool other bits and pieces we spoke about the smart ev on maybe the the episode of, of Cross Wires that before this podcast started. That sounds right, yeah. Yeah, that sounds um, uh, they've actually announced prices for it now. Uh, it's not too bad. It's actually cheaper than a Tesla, which is hilarious. Ooh. Um So it's a little SUV. It's now, the prices for, the price have been revealed in Germany, um, but when you convert that, it's about 36 grand, which sounds like a lot, but it's actually 10 grand, almost 12 grand less than a Tesla Model 3 now. So, And this is an SUV? Yeah, a little, a little crossover. Yeah. Okay, that's not bad actually for a, for a new for a new vehicle. I yeah. would say. Yeah. Yeah. It's okay. got, for that price, you'll get rapid charging, so you can charge it from ten to eighty percent in thirty minutes. Two hundred seventy-three miles of range, which is again that's not bad. Uh, and it's already on sale in China, but it's significantly cheaper in China, and it's twenty-four grand when when you convert all the prices over. So right. There's some of the bits and pieces about Tesla in China at the moment as well, and cars seem to be getting cheaper over there. Not sure why, but. That that's called this smart number one or hashtag one um, smart number one. Uh, if you want to look at it yourself, so I don't know if you remember back in 2017, uh, Tesla announced the Roadster and they announced the semi truck as well. 
Yep. Um, there was that sort of flamboyant event where they had people taking in rides on the in the roadster and stuff. When the semi was announced, Elon said that the truck would start manufacturing in 2019. Uh, once we hit 2020, it was delayed to 2021. Once we hit 2021, it was said it would be delayed until this year. So they have started production, and the first vehicles will be delivered to Pepsi on the 1st of December. So we're actually getting somewhere. And there have been some bits and pieces on Twitter I've seen where people actually spied the truck being out and about. So, oh. yeah, pretty good. So Pepsi are getting these uh, first deliveries now. I'm I'm picturing now Pepsi come Christmas. You know that famous Coca Cola Christmas ad. Uh-huh. Yeah, I I can see Pepsi up in the game a little bit more there. <laughs> something I can see something coming from Pepsi. Some sort of uh... yeah. Pepsi have been waiting a long time for them. They were the first company to order the truck. Uh, they ordered a hundred in December 2017. So they've waited a good five years for them. So That's a long yeah. time. Yeah, they've got one hundred fifty thousand dollars and they've got five hundred miles of range. And I remember rightly, at the same time they announced, they announced the, I think it's called the Hypercharger, or it's like a next evolution from the Supercharger. And it will okay. charge the, it's only for the trucks, it will charge them really, really quickly. Um, right, because if you're a trucker, you can't rely on, you can't spend hours at a Supercharger, you need. No. I'm not sure how the rules are in America, but the, the, the rules here are that I think most heavy goods vehicles have to take breaks for 45 minutes. Uh, a couple of times a day, so that's a good amount of time to charge, I think. Okay, yeah, that makes it no, I, I believe the, uh, the US laws are, are similar, if not about okay. the same, but certainly, you know, um, the, the tachyograph stuff is still in there and you still have to take regular breaks. So I was, you know, so many truck stops in the States. Yeah, there are, yeah. All right, we've got one more new car. There's a lot of stuff, <laughs> a lot of stuff uh, this month. Um, so Jeep, which is now part of the Stellantis group, um, along with Vauxhall and all that sort of stuff, they've announced their first electric uh, vehicle. It's not; it looks like a Jeep, but it's not really. Um, it sort of sits on the same platform as the E two hundred eight and the E three hundred eight. It's not going to be four wheel drive, but it's it's meant for meant for new people coming to Jeep. They said so, new younger people that are looking at the Jeep brand but want something smaller and electric. So again, it sits on the same platform as the E two hundred eight. So it's going to have the same battery stuff. So we've got. 50 kilowatt hour battery, 250 mile range, uh, fast charging, all that sort of stuff. It's going to be the entry level Jeep in the lineup. So just sits below the Renegade, uh, a little bit shorter. Uh, no prices yet, but that's everyone's moving moving that way. So it's good to see. It's interesting, no four wheel drive on a I Jeep. Know. That sounds very yeah. anti brand. I know. So it's front wheel drive only. And they said, Jeep said that it's got the overhangs aren't too bad on it so in theory it could it could be used for more off-roady things but it's it's not gonna forward drive though is it designed more as a hey look i've got a jeep and it's it looks like it looks like a jeep yeah Yeah. okay so that's called the jeep uh, avenger oh nice does it come with a free tom holland (laughs) i've not i've not seen those films actually that's (laughs) another thing i haven't seen I was I was messaging Alex last night. So last night last night was the twenty third of October, and it was the Doctor Who sort of regeneration story for Jodie Whittaker. I'm like, oh, this is good. He's like, I haven't watched Doctor Who since I was a kid. I'm like, why why did I pick you as a co-host again? Um, oh. Wow, yeah. <laughs> That's all the the new car stuff. Uh, there's some charging stuff, but well, uh, let's, yeah, let's get into, let's get into some charging. What what's uh, what's going on? Oh, you'll, you'll love this, I think. So last, last episode, you mentioned, where are we with wireless charging? Uh, oh, yes, I, I did. Question. Mm. So mm. The, I didn't realise this was a thing until I started researching it. So there's been a trial in Nottingham 
uh, for wireless charging for taxis. It's called the WICET, and the UK government started funding it in January 2020. And yesterday, or I think, or Friday, it went live. So it went live. So what this is is a traditional taxi rank that's outside of Nottingham train station, and five of the bays have got wireless charging pads. Oh. So the idea is that the the taxis will pull up, wait for someone to um, get in the car, and then as soon as it's as soon as they're ready, they'll just pull off. And there's no there's no um, messing around with cables to do. Like I can imagine, if you forget to unplug it, you'll rip it out. But um, so there's 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 custom custom technology uh, fitted to the underside of the taxi. This is from uh, LEVC, so the same company that makes the London taxi. So they've got um, a few of those, and they've also got some Nissan Leafs, I understand as well. Um, but yeah, it's. That's a such a good idea. But yeah, they can charge for any amount of time they need. Um, you don't have to get out of the car. You don't have to do any cable stuff. So that's really good. Yeah, I I like that. Now, these, so these are you know your traditional London taxis, and I just believe these were. Uh, I think because of the, like the T, like the T something, the T. I know the. I can't imagine. I can't remember what it's called, but it's from the uh, London Electric Vehicle Company, the new right. company that's part of Volvo. Uh, they, oh, okay. I think it's called the TX. Actually, I think the new one. That's it, the TX. Yep. That's one because I watched a London. Uh, I seen a. You know, when YouTube just randomly recommends videos, yep. I saw him. He'd got the TX. Ah. I really like that idea though, of using those charging bays because most of the time, yeah, the taxis are parked there. You know, if you have a gap in trains, the only question I'd have is how accurate do you have to be lining up the pad? I don't know. I did see uh, a picture of one sort of taken apart, and it it was fairly big. So I'm not. There wasn't much information about it, but um, the the pads are ninety percent efficient. So you'll lose ten percent efficiency doing it over the air, and then they charge at ten kilowatts, which is actually faster than most AC chargers. So, Ooh. yeah. Here's a question. <laughs> this is a joke. Can can the taxi driver also pop the MagSafe phone down underneath the car as well? Just you know, charge. <laughs> 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 and forget to yeah no. yeah that's that's really cool or, or you know other taxis going to play you know the sound when you put your phone onto a magsafe charger mm. or other taxis going to make that noise when they <laughs> okay. nice that's really that's really cool though i can see that being huge though if that technology works imagine the rollout for that at, like at train stations a perfect example yeah. or recently i was taking um as many of you know uh, jay was visiting and we, I took Jay back. We went on good old National Express, and you know, obviously, seeing all the taxi ranks at Heathrow, that's a huge opportunity there as well. Yeah, I think I think your question last month was, are we going to see it on roads like while you're driving? But this, I think this is a a good in the middle uh, solution. Yeah, it make well, it makes a lot more sense actually to have it as a pad. Mm. And again, you know, again, thinking about uh, the applications. What you know, you see YouTube videos. Karen's unplugged my Tesla. If you've got a charging pad instead, it, it solves that problem. Again, think car. I'm thinking car parks, and the if it's successful, I think this could really have um have some um some wheels. Yeah, it's a good idea. It just reduces the amount of street. I think they described it as removing the amount of street furniture you've got to have in place for it. Yeah. Um, so yeah, there's some also some UK specific news. I saw this report from the RAC, so I thought I'd cover it because it's it's interesting. Um, so at the moment, we're going for the cost of living crisis. The RAC did a survey, which they surveyed 3,102 UK drivers, and they they questioned them: how many people are willing to switch to EVs, and how many people are planning to have an EVs their next car. The ultimate decision, the ultimate uh, 
data drawn from it was that desp- uh, despite the amount of people that are looking to get an EV is at an all-time high in history, the the cost of living crisis is harming the sales, basically. Mm. Um, so it said 38% of the people that said... 30% of the people asked said the upfront cost of an EV is the main issue. Sorry, the, also the cost of electricity, 47% of people said that was off-putting, basically. I can understand both of those point of view. But, I mean, I again, you know, we, we've used my father. My father's quite a good yardstick when it comes to sort of a feeling around EVs because my dad is a very average, you know. My parents aren't poor by any means, but we're also not very wealthy. Um, mm-hmm. You know, we we've, as a family... I'm obviously living down here in Bournemouth, first still up north. They do okay. My parents aren't struggling. Please don't worry about that, folks. But at the same time, Dad does want to replace his car. My dad is very much on board with the whole let's save the planet thing and let's go to EVs. But it's that's what's putting him off. And here's a scary thing from the cost of living crisis. I have found out today, in fact, that my i haven't actually been registered with the electricity and gas supplier at this new property it's taken so long and when you go to the website it's, oh we're not taking any new signups through our website unless you're moving and if you're moving call us but it might take weeks to get you signed up yeah i mean i, I don't want to get political i mean we've literally as we were recording this episode our new prime minister's been announced the situation, I'm just going to say this, governments around the world need to do more to tackle this cost of living crisis. If we, you know, honestly, if we want to see more EVs, if we want to see more affordable public transit, now is the time for governments to act and to start putting in policies that start to really push for EVs. But that's and charging, um, and charging initiatives. Yeah, I remember in June, I only found out a few weeks ago that in June that the plug-in car grant was removed. Uh, and that person was the person responsible for that was was sacked during the last few weeks. So, um, so Mike, could it come back? I, mean, I hope it, so. Because we got a new. Because I take yeah. it would that come under? Who's that? Is that going to come under transport? Is that going to come under the chancellor? I think it's transport. That one. Okay, I don't. Yeah. And our transport secretary was it? Hang on, I'm really confused. Who our transport sec? It probably doesn't matter for this podcast. But usually, f- with a new prime minister usually you get a new cabinet. So let's hoping that Rishi Sunak is going to bring in the right people to, I don't know. I, yeah, we'll see. We shall but see. That, we shall see. Anyway. <laughs> well, you, hopefully we'll have something to report on next month, eh? Yeah. Um, the other bit I saw was that the, so at, at, at Tesco, um, they've had, Tesco and Volkswagen and Podpoint have had a partnership uh, for charging at their supermarkets. They've had, they've got, I think they've got, about 500 locations across the country with with chargers. Um, they announced very at the end of end of last week that the free charging for AC charging at, at those locations would be ending. Um, so for three years, people have been been able to access free charging at, at those locations at seven kilowatt seven kilowatt speeds. Right. Uh, so the, from the first of November, that free charging will end. From what I understand, I think people have been taking advantage of it a little bit. Uh, I've heard reports of people leaving cars there overnight. I've heard reports Ooh. of Delivery drivers abandoning vans at locations, and when people actually need to charge, they can't charge. So I can see why they're doing it. I think yeah. you, and also the the cost of electricity has gone up, and I don't think they could they could sustain it. So uh, they have spun out some uh, good news from it, though. They said over the three years of the partnership, uh, eighty six million miles of free electric driving has been supplied, and twelve thousand tons of CO two has been avoided. Um, oh. But the the prices are competitive. Uh, they're 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 about 10p less than 
other other places uh, per kilowatt hour, which is which is not bad. And they said payments will be contactless and uh, either the app or whatever. So at least they're taking contactless, which, which is good. So I think I think machines are being geared up for that from the get go, which is a good idea. That's good. And I can see Tesco doing something for their club. Uh, we haven't probably announced this yet, but I wonder if down the road there will be something for their club card members, like discounted charging or something like that. Yeah, there was an FAQ section on the Podpoint website, and they said uh, people could be able to get discounts if they're in the store, and they said no at the moment. Um, okay. So that seems a bit silly. Surely you'd want to incentivize. Yeah, but I, I think you hit the nail on my head there. Why are they taking it away? It got abused because if people are just leaving cars, because I'm guessing not every bay would have been EV charging, and so limitations, which means, you know, people are just, it's a shame. It is, um, but I, I'm not sure how a, a thing would a system would work if you spent money in the store. The only thing I can think of is is if you got a code on the receipt or something. That's quite an exp- that's quite a complicated system to put in place. Uh, like that's a discount true. code. You could get they could give you a discount code on your next charging, maybe. Um, oh, maybe. Oh, that's you, the point. With EVs, oh. you pay up front, so. Right. Okay. So it's so you pay what? Do you say I want this much electricity delivered? No, you just plug it in and pay for, and you end it, and you. Uh... Oh, is it like um, tap on, tap off type? Yes. Sorry. Okay. Yeah, it is. Yep. That makes sense. Like, uh, okay, that makes sense. I wonder maybe maybe with some partnership where if you, you might have to do it for the app, you might have to put in like your Tesco club card number and do. It. I don't know. I mean, um, it might not be store linked. But it would be good to see that sort of thing. But I think the reality is this all ties back to that the energy cost because it's not just affecting individuals like us. It is affecting businesses. And I can see, I can see, unfortunately, the end to free EV charging at yeah. a lot of places. There was, um, I linked it in the, I linked it in the newspaper I wrote. wrote. So the, the guy I spoke about who had the Citroen Ami, he also did a, a an excellent video on explaining why and how they're doing it. And he he said, um. There are still some locations that have got free charging around and about where he lives, so it, it's, it might not be not might not be forever though. One more bit of charging news is so for new supercharger locations from Tesla, they're now, they're now taking votes for new locations, so pe- people can uh, vote their interest in new locations where they where they are basically. So it was in very early in September, their Tesla charging account tweeted out saying, "We're now going to be taking votes. Can you reply the locations you want in the in the in below?" And then the people with the most likes would be in the, in the initial poll. And there was 182 locations to start with. 183 wow. locations uh, across America, Europe, and uh, Asia, and that sort mm. of thing. Um, and people can now go on the website, log in with the Tesla account, and then you can vote five times for different locations. And so far, I think the most voted locations in Las Vegas somewhere. Um, but there are three or four locations in this country. Uh, I think Portsmouth and, and somewhere in Wales as well. But yeah. That makes sense. I like the way they're doing that, though. Gage, like they're taking, you know, let's listen to the people yeah, yeah. to decide where where we should put superchargers. That's a good shout. Yeah, they have said it's not going to be a definitive thing. That it's just it's just going to help them gauge interest. Right. Okay. So it's not going to be a. De- it's not going to be. This is where the charger's going, but it's going to be. This is where where we know there's interest for one. Okay. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Because putting one in deepest, darkest Wales might not necessarily be economical. Exactly, yeah. Uh, apologies to any Welsh people listening to the show. Wales, Wales is lovely, just very, very isolated in places. It is. That's all I've got for this month. Um, so yeah, awesome. So some really exciting news, and 
you know, it's it's great that we're actually be able to fill the show with with news. So, all right, let's let's um let's talk about your test drive. So this is the uh, now is it the E Mini or what are we calling this one? It used to be called the Mini E, like Mini Dash E. It's now called the, just the Mini Electric. And and is this now because I was actually in Specsavers earlier when I was talking, uh, get my new glasses. And I was talking to the guy Susan was telling me about our show and everything. Yeah. And he said, "Oh, which, which one is it? Is it driven? Is it is it the brand new one that's just you know recently come out? This last, yes. yeah, okay, so yeah, this yeah. Is, yeah, okay. The, the way you can tell the difference is the first one uh, is very much in your face. It's electric. There's a lot of yellow trim on it. Um, there's a little plug plug icon on the grill. There's I've uh, seen one of those, yeah. The okay. new one is a bit more toned down. So a bit more traditional mini. Very much so, yeah. The only way you can tell the difference is there's, uh, the centre caps on the wheels are now uh, got a yellow thing in them, and then there's an, a yellow S badge on the front, and that's about it, really. So, uh, first of all, I mean, you mentioned offline in a text message mm-hmm. that you the BMW um, are quite generous. Was it two days you got on this one? Yeah, it said up to 40 hours, which was, I was stunned, so I, I took them up on the offer. So, yeah, they're a very nice dealership near me. So I had the Mini Electric for two, just over two days. Went to the shops, uh, went for a drive in the countryside, took some family members out in it. They loved it as well. Uh, yeah, it was, uh, I can't, I think it was a few months ago now. It might have been, I mean, August. I think it was August during the heatwave stuff. So yeah, a little while ago now. But yeah, it's, I've never, I haven't driven a Mini before that that car. Um, so I think a lot of the bits and pieces I noticed are very much just, oh, that's just normal Mini stuff. The one I had was a level two. Uh, so there's three different models, level one, level two, and level three, just trim levels. Okay. Um, the level three has leather seats, which I didn't really like the look of. And the, it's, all, it's very black inside, very dull. Um, and because the minis have quite a small windscreen, it, there wasn't much light in it. The level two one I had was uh, grey cloth seats, uh, grey cloth on the door cards as well. It just, it just lifted the uh, lifted the uh, mood of the cabin a little bit more, so it's quite nice. So for that one, the day I sent it back, I, I wrote a little review on, on the interface for it, so what I had my thoughts in my head. Um, so I'll, we'll link that down below if that's yeah, okay. Absolutely. Um, yeah, it was, uh, it was... I mean, it's great. The the one I had... The only negative thing I could think about was the price of it. So the, when the Mini E first came out, it was 24 grand with the one and a half grand government grant. Right. So if you took that away, it'd be like 25 or something. It's now 31, and I don't understand why. Oh. I know. <laughs> And how does that compare with, I, I always ask this, but Combustion Mini of the same trim level? Uh, it's 19 grand. Right. 19, so, 20, 21 sort of thing. So you're talking at least about a £10,000 premium just for... I know. Yeah, yeah. It's Okay, I mean, as you said, you've never driven a Mini before. Yeah. I mean, I I like this mini i like the because it's i don't know how you like the new mini we used to call it because you know obviously everyone remembers the old school the austin slash yeah. rover slash metro the mr bean mini yeah we can call it but this is nothing like that car no it's not even anywhere near the first ones the bmw one from the early 2000s oh okay i was watching a I was watching a review on YouTube. Um, someone was reviewing a Cooper S from like I think it was last year, and he said it's the the new one is not anything like the old one. I've not driven the old one either, so it's a very much a a completely just looks like a mini. I think that's the idea. But so it's the styling of a mini, yeah. but not this, okay. And what in, t- in terms of features? What on that level two trim? Were you getting the things that maybe us as nerds would would want from an EV? Did you get any sort of uh, ice? Any sort of decent in car entertainment? 
Yeah, so that that one was thirty one grand. So you got um, you got ambient lighting, which you could I only found out on the second day I had it. There's a little switch. So in the mini, you've got like some overhead switches, like mm-hmm. a, like an airplane. There's like SOS and lights and things. And there's also a little a little toggle that's not not labelled, but just changes the colour of the, all the lights. So you can cycle through a load of different colours. You can have like pink, red, blue, whatever. Um, nice. But yeah, all the entire cabin changes colours. So you get you get that. You get a eight point eight inch touchscreen for. Apple CarPlay, being a BMW-derived brand, there's a little iDrive um, wheel thing um, by the gear sticks, so right. so you can use that or use the touchscreen, so. which is quite unusual for a, for a modern car. There's LED headlights and on the front and back. Usually in small cars, the back lights are usually uh, uh, halogen or whatever you call them, normal yep. bulbs, so mm-hmm. those, are, those are LED, which is quite nice. Makes sense. Um, the, the Model Up is, is 34 and a half, and for that, you don't really get that much extra. You get the leather seats, you get um, some exclusive floor mats, and you get some leather steering wheel. Um, mm. So I don't think it's really worth the three and a half grand extra. But um, the one I drove was was very nice. Um, it's a three door only, which was okay. Um, boots are relatively good size. It came with a charging cable in the boot. But yeah, it's, there's enough space in it. The range on it isn't amazing. The one I drove. Uh, was a courtesy car from the from the dealership, so it'd been ragged right. a bit, about ragged a bit. So imagine if you take your mini petrol in and you get an EV out. This person who's driving an EV for the first time is going to enjoy the the speed of it. So yeah, the range of the mini electric is officially 145 miles. This one kept saying 100. Um, okay, I think because it had been trained. The guy did warn me about that. He said, "Don't don't believe the the range on it because people have been abusing it a little bit." Right. Um, okay. But I did over the time I drove, I did manage to sort of train it to get a bit more out of it, sort of drive a bit more sensibly. Um, I went on the motorway on it as well, uh, which was quite quite interesting. It's, it's fine, the motorway. Battery's quite small, really. All the cars we've spoken about before, even the Peugeots, have got larger batteries. This one's got a 300... Sorry. This one's got a 32-kilowatt-hour battery, which isn't massive. It's not um, huge, is it, at all? When no. you start talking... Because, like, the small... Correct me if I'm wrong, the smallest Tesla is about 60 or 75? Yeah, the, the Model 3's got a 60-kilowatt-hour battery, so it's okay. almost half. And then all electric cars have a bit, a bit reserved for... Um, like system stuff so okay. yeah so it's about 57 so it's almost double but it's a smaller car so yeah that's true but it's also a, hmm I don't like that that range sits wrong with me I'd, I'd yeah. want from something of that price point and that prestige because you know me and Mini is a BMW brand it is a I would say a fairly you know prestige prestigious car yeah. Mini never used to be of course you know Mini was you know, we made a joke earlier about Alan Partridge. It is now. I it would is. be wanting at least 200 out of that sort of car. Yeah, uh, just from the impression in the dealership, uh, it's such a premium experience. I mean, they offer you coffee when you go in, so there's all sofas everywhere. It's all nicely designed, so it does feel like a premium brand, and it is. So and Just to be clear, nice coffee, not like Click's vend- uh, vending machine coffee, actually decent coffee. Oh, it's good coffee, yeah. Okay. Fair yeah. enough. Fair enough. <laughs> you go. But, but that's how you can tell. If, if your coffee's coming out of a Clicks vending machine, you know that the, the car's on a budget. <laughs> but <laughs> if it's coming from an espresso, yeah. All right. What I find interesting with a Mini Electric is that it's a it's a Cooper S by default. Oh, okay. So, so it's, one, it's quite fast. It's got 184 horsepower, and it's about 7 seconds to 60, which, which the numbers don't scream fast, but being electric, obviously, I think the pickup's really quick. So okay. it was really fast. It was good fun to drive around the back lanes, and it felt like a hot hatch. A little bit heavy because of the battery, but right. yeah, it was good. Yeah, Okay. But I, I guess the question we have to ask, if if you were saying, is this a car that people should consider mm-hmm. as it stands right now, 
what would you say? Given the price, probably not. There's a few bits and pieces that weren't quite... I mean, the last month we spoke about the Honda E, mm. and and it's the same price, same range, roughly, ish. Uh, that that's probably a better buy. It felt more felt more premium. The only thing on the Honda E that someone in BRMC Retro Discord pointed out is they missed oh, yeah. a trick with the naming. They could have named it the E Honda as a nice reference to Street Fighter Two. <laughs> no, no, <laughs> I've lost you on that one. <laughs> Go, when you get a second, go and look up E-Honda on Street Fighter 2. Yeah, it's a... But I'll say this, the Honda E is definitely a more attractive proposition than E-Honda. Uh, I hope people are getting this reference. If if you're not, then you can you can make a complaint in the, uh, in the comments. <laughs> awesome. So, okay. So, we're doing okay. So, now, obviously, next month, we I think you've got one more that you've already test-driven. Yes. Okay, so we need to start getting you out there to... I to yeah, with to dealers and stuff. Right. So there was a feature on it which I was which was a shame not to have, and wasn't even an option. So it's got cruise control, but it wasn't adaptive. Oh, I know. Whereas the mini, the uh, sorry, the Honda had that as standard. So every every Honda e buy has the adaptive on on it by standard. So and ju- just remind me again of the Honda e's pricing in comparison to the mini. I think they're about the same. It's, they felt very similar. I just um, it seems like the rug's been pulled out beneath you with the price a little bit on the mini now. It was quite a good buy, but... I think that's sort of what I'm hinting at, is if, if a Honda E is the same sort of price point... Same sort of range as well. It's, uh, it's yeah, it's, it's 29 and a half, so they're about, they're about the same price. Okay. Um, yeah. So, I mean, I guess, Ben, as it stands right now, when we compare the two, I'm getting the feeling you'd probably recommend the Honda E over the... Oh, yeah. E. Yeah. Okay. All right. So, cool. We will have more car test drives for you as Alex gets his hands on, on the cars. Uh, perfectly, legitimately, of course, Alex is not going out and... Uh, I'm not, not, why am I even say, Why am I even suggesting that, that you're doing that? Now, we, I guess it's all down to the goodwill of uh, the dealerships and stuff to see if they'll actually let you test drive stuff. Yeah, it's nothing, mm-hmm. nothing, it's nothing wrong or illegal, so... No, no, no I'm, I'm, no, being, I'm being incredibly no. sarcastic. Um <laughs> We should get we should get you a branded shirt. We should get some branded shirts for 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 it. You know, we should get some merch going on so you can go in with a charging status logo like, "Hey, I'm press." <laughs> Actually, you already are, so you've got a bit more clout. Um, does that? I mean, I've randomly out of interest, and we can <laughs> cut this out if you want to. But does that come? Do you are you able to use that sort of the interface as a bit of cred for when you go in, or do you not bother? You just go in. As I, a consumer? I go in. As a, I go in as a customer. Yeah, I guess in a way that's probably better because then we're not. You're not. They're not tainting the experience by. Oh, he's press. Yeah. Let's give him a better, better, or a different experience, shall we say? Typically, what you're supposed to do is go via the manufacturer's press uh, office. Right. Okay. And that's what I tried a while ago, and they they get. I think they get a lot of demand. Right. Yeah. They they hand them out to people who actually are going to have a big audience. I think it's worth their while. Yeah. Um, and unfortunately. Yeah. Unfortunately, we don't yet. We, you know, we hope we will. And I really, genuinely, I really hope people are getting something out of this show. Um, I, I think it's fair to say, Alex, we're enjoying producing it, aren't we? It's good fun. It's it's forced me to learn, well, read more about EVs and go out of my way to find more information about the news and charging stuff. So yeah, awesome. And of course, yeah, thank you, Alex. So, um, is there any other thoughts on the mini, uh, the mini E before we move into wrapping up? I don't think so. No, it's just that the no, that's fine. Cool. Awesome. So thank you everyone for listening to this episode. Please do drop your thoughts over to charging status at crosswires.net. Uh, me and Alex will both be able to pick up that email. Um, I need to test whether or not you can. Um, we'll, we'll test that after the show. Um, do leave a comment on the post 
Or if you're a good pods listener, start a discussion there. And of course, we will soon have our Discord and um, we will have a dedicated charging status slash, you know, EV section of that Discord for people to come and uh, chat in. Uh, and we'll let you know when Matt's out. If you'd like to financially support both charging status and the wider Crosswires content, please head over to ko-fi.com forward slash crosswires and anything that you can spare would be really helpful. I'll be really honest, we do have bills to pay. It costs money to host the show. It costs money to record the show with Squadcast. And one thing we are really looking to do soon is to start transcribing our episodes because we're very much aware of the accessibility impact. Unfortunately, it's not free. So there are costs incurred. So anything that you can help, with would really help us continue to make this content. And you can follow Crosswires on Twitter at CrosswiresMG. And Alex, where can people find yourself in the interface? So the interface can be found at theinterface.uk. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at AlexLow30, that's with an E. And then you can find the interface on Twitter at the underscore interface underscore. So. Just in just in case you need a little bit of more underscore in your uh, in your Twitter life, there you go. Alex has provided that for the interface, <laughs> and we probably will have a dedicated um, Twitter account for this show soon. We're just working out some logistics, and uh, yeah. So until next month, keep on charging. <laughs> <laughs>